Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and Boca Raton, Florida, you are listening to Freight 360. Whether it's breaking news, tips to increase your business, or just some good old sports talk, this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight. I'm your host, Nate Cross. And Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. All right, welcome back for episode 93 of Freight 360. Ben, every time we do one of these episodes, we're getting closer and closer to that centennial mark. I'm getting... Get excited for it, but uh, and doing a lot of on-site shows recently. You just been doing touring the United States, man. Florida, to South, South Carolina. Carolina. Now I'm in currently in Nashville, Tennessee. So we're joined today by special guest Will Jones. He's one of my uh, independent contracted agents for Pierce Worldwide Logistics, and it's been a good time getting down here. You're actually from, it's been, it's been a great from time. Chattanooga. I'm from Chattanooga. Thank you for having me, Ben and, and Nate. This has been a a great. Um, eye-opener just really the podcast deal and Nate's been a great influence of mine becoming a broker throughout the years and uh, I'm just glad to be on the on the show absolutely so hey if you're new here welcome to Freight 360 if you've been with us for a while welcome back make sure to share us with all your friends in the industry leave that five-star review it helps us rank higher on iTunes and all the charts because there's somebody out there that may not know how good of a podcast we run like we had a guy in the office yesterday who's a new broker and He's like, I heard you have, a, or someone's like, I heard, you know, talking about the podcast and the new guy's like, oh, I should check that out. And he's like, what episodes would be good for me as a new broker? And I took him through five or six that we've done in the last few months. So yeah, make sure to leave those reviews. So, all right. Today's topic is going to be all about success tips. That's why I wanted to have you on here, Will, because people get sick of hearing me and Ben talk every single week. Okay. Maybe, but, well, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a success, but I've uh, <laughs> definitely been around the block and I've, uh, worked at many, many brokerages, corporate and uh, an independent contractor back and forth here and there all over the country. And you even started a brokerage. We're going to get into that in just a minute too. So, okay. but that, that's a little, that's a little highlight. Uh, well, give, yeah. Give them a little highlight. What do you do? Gross annual. Yearly. So talk about JFS. Cause you're still kind of uh, no, turning on JPS. J, 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 the last brokerage. The last brokerage. We bought 3 million a year. Uh, one so man operation. It was, it was a customer of mine that brought me down to uh, Miami, Florida. Um, this customer was, uh, very, uh, giving, uh, promising in the beginning. They moved me down there, put me up in a condo and came in the first day. They handed me a credit card, said, open up a freight brokerage for us. You know, these guys had a 10 acre. There you go. There you go. It's easy as that. I have at it. I've <laughs> at it. Uh, they ran a, you know, 60,000 square foot, um, cold storage warehouse. I did a lot of inbound, outbound reefer loads. Uh, one brother, the president, the other one did a lot of power. He was on the power industry side, open deck, oversized loads. So that was, those were my customers. They brought me down. So I had to learn not just being coming from an agency, you know, cause you had been an agent before that. Right. Yeah. Right, right. I had to teach myself admin to janitor, basically. Yeah, the business functions behind yeah, every, it, right? Every, not every, just brokering, right? Yep. AR, AP. Claims. Claims, tendering loads, set, all the while selling, tracking, tracing, you know, onboarding carriers, everything. Yep. Well, they said that would change after the first three months, uh, and it never did. It was myself there. For two years, but the first year, the first year, I uh, I put up three million in revenue at a twenty percent uh, margin, which I was wow. pretty proud of after doing yeah. 
every office job that takes a 30 man. So that was my last venture. But these guys see the numbers that uh, I just projected. I was not getting a piece of the pie. <laughs> uh, so to speak, I was being paid peanuts. So, yeah. So they, that was kind of the big thing is they weren't, so they weren't paying you. Uh, they were not the right amount. Me. They were not payment the right amount. They weren't, uh, allowing me to hire, which, you know, obviously I just explained. And if yeah. anybody is anybody that's been a broker or been in the freight business, you can't, not one person can run a brokerage. It, it's, yeah. it's just not, uh, it takes a village. <laughs> yeah. Especially as you scale it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I, and that, that was the problem. So Nate called Nate up and, um, and he got me out of there and, and now I'm an independent agent with a great company and, so, yeah, I mean, and it's been good. It's, you know, you're, you've been with us for a handful of months now and setting up new customers quite often, doing a lot of projects. Numbers wise, as an agent, I remember, was it four years ago or so you were, when you, I first met you with LDI, I think you did about 40K a month in profit, somewhere around that, but still really good margin. So, yeah. And, and, and Nate, to go back to the agency uh, standpoint with Pierce, you know, the platform to where they handle all the, office back office work yeah it allows me to really focus on sales and that, that's a that's a big um attribute that i i'd like to talk about if you guys don't mind yeah we will you know we gotta do a sports up we gotta do a sports update real Damn. quick we're gonna hop back into it back i promise you i promise you we'll make it quick all i got for sports this week julio jones did not join my buffalo bills he went to the tennessee titans ironically we've seen nissan stadium a handful of times Ooh, uh, from from broadway this past weekend um and the Bills will play them for a third year in a row. So, uh, but hey, I'm I'm okay with it. Ben, golf golf wise, we got a big tournament this weekend. Yeah, U.S. Open this week, 2021 U.S. Open. Bryson DeChambeau is defending the title. Currently, he's 18 to one odds behind um, Brooks Kepka and my mind just went blank. Johnson. Dustin Johnson. Yep. DJ and Brooks are both favored. Um, Phil is a 50 to one long shot to win another major, but Hey, you got a couple bucks, throw it on him. I was going to say it's he's paid off before this year. Don't ever, <laughs> don't ever uh, leave a lefty out of the bet, man. Absolutely. Oh, and other golf news. They just, well, it's not officially passed, but from the player side, they voted to ban greens books. So if it goes and gets approved really? by the committee, Next season, they will no longer have greens books. So can they still write their jot all their own notes and stuff down during the practice round or what's the I deal? believe so, but I, I don't know because one of the things, and they said, look, this is supposed to be confidential, but um, McElroy's the president of the committee or whatever, the chairman, and he released a statement that said, look, it slows play down. And to be honest, um, reading the greens is an art. We should be doing that on the spot and it slows down play. So yeah. they said the majority of players are for getting rid of it, but they're like, okay. look, you know, I'm for getting rid of it. I use one, but of course I'm going to use it because it's an advantage. Right. You aren't going to use it like if, available. If they were allowed to have lasers right now, they'd use yeah. lasers, but yeah. Uh, let's exactly. say they had Google API on some <laughs> sort of a TMS program. Oh, we'll get to that too. Looking at uh, McLeod upgrade. Well, it's, we're talking about the tools that have helped, you know, with success too. But. Speaking of tools, our sponsor DAT, take the guesswork out of freight with DAT. The DAT Load Board Network is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with available capacity on any lane, grow your business with tools that allow you to find new business partners, plus you can quickly qualify and onboard new carriers. 
And with using the leading industry leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. For a free month, you can pick it up off the show notes or any one of our links that we've got out there. Yep. Show notes, we got the links for DAT Power Express and Trucker's Edge. And there's also links in there for the Freight Broker Basics course, which has officially launched. And also our group coaching, you get a free month if you sign up for the uh, course. So check it out in the show notes. And um, I can't wait to see our new website launches. We'll talk about lean later. I'm super excited too. And our page should be launching as of well, if you're listening yesterday or today, should be launching DAT. You'll be able to access our course through their website. Absolutely. It's a so great resource in the brokerage. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, back back to success tips. Um, well, I want to talk about the tools part of it first. So a little context. Um, Will and I just sat through a meeting for 90 minutes. We're, we're looking, we're, I know we talked the last two episodes about freight broker tools and uh, Nick and I, when we were around, Two weeks ago, I think it was Ben, um, mm-hmm. talked about TM, looking for a new TMS, right? And yep. so we decided to give McLeod a chance to talk to us and show us how they've upgraded their TMS to make it easier to build loads and make it more efficient. And for 90 minutes, Will and I sat there and uh, the only upgrade they had from version 15 to 21 is they added a Google API, which allows you to build you, a location that may or may not be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> very, very interesting. And they want a quarter million dollars for our company to upgrade, not to buy McLeod for existing customers. They want us to upgrade. That's the piece I can't really wrap my head around. Like, look, I mean, if you had that great of a product, the industry hasn't changed that much other than, you know, some updated tracking and tracing software and some things and integration. So I get it. If they were that good, maybe they didn't need that many features, but why charge that much to keep somebody with you? So, Will, when you when you started that brokerage a couple of years ago, you actually got a quote from them. That was the first one I called. And I talked to a guy by the name of Joe something. I can't remember his last he name. Was, he was on our call today. So He's a very knowledgeable guy when he wants to push and sell something. Um, but he quoted me. Well, McLeod's never going to sponsor us, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He was very nice. I, I, didn't, I meant that with all due respect, Joe, whoever you are. Um, a lot of our listeners probably use McLeod too at their company. No, McLeod is, and great. it is what it is. is. It's a great product. It's just expensive. And I mean, it's expensive. It's, and they it's, quoted me at ninety thousand dollars when I'm opening this brokerage, right? And I couldn't, I had, to, I couldn't even use the software for six months, which makes sense. But it's one man. That was how long yeah. that would take him to roll it out. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, personally, we actually just set up our affiliate um, agreement with. Ascend TMS, that's one of the ones that we're looking at for Pierce. Um, really dig it. And I think it's the feedback I've gotten from a lot of the smaller brokers is they they love it as a quick, easy, and very affordable startup option. Um, there is, I'll have to throw it in the show notes. We have a code you can use. You get a free month of it. And that way it, uh, it'll take care of your boys here at Freight360 for, for using that unique code, the basically like referral code. Um, but I, I don't know. I like them. Check them out if you're looking for something new. Um, but back to the, you know, the, the success tips, I think if you are using the wrong tools, it doesn't matter how good of a broker you are. It's going to slow you down a little bit. If you've got the wrong, exactly. The wrong if stuff. you don't know what you're doing, so for instance, yeah, sure. Good point, Nate. If you're hired on as a new broker, kid out of college, um, you know, for instance, I started at Access America Transport in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Ted Alling, uh, very, how many years ago was that large, uh, 
Over a decade ago, right? Oh, yeah, over a decade. Uh, Barry Large, you know, those guys, and they sold out to Coyote, which was not a bad idea because the market was right where it needed to be. But long story short, if you're a new broker coming on, you need to have the tools for success. And and that, if you don't mind, I'll talk about attributes. Go for success. it. Yeah. Um, I believe that being, you know, ethical freight rates, uh, the customer service side goes with, you know, communication. Um, always, if there's a problem at all, always updating. But to be very successful, you pick up the phone. I call it smile and dial. <laughs> um, Can't drive that idea home enough. A lot of people are too afraid to pick up the phone, but uh, you've got to. Well, you, get, you just got to, you know, ABC always be closing. That's an old sales technique, but really just uh, be, be ethical, have etiquette, be, be articulate, but always start a conversation, start a relationship. Personable, right? Exactly. Yes. Sales at the end of the day is a transference of emotion and you can't yeah. transfer emotion via text or through an email unless you're, you know, a Pulitzer Prize winning you know, writer, but I mean, at the end of the day, most of us people communicating, you communicate via email to get something done. It's efficient. It's fast, but you're not going to build a relationship. You're not going to build rapport. You're not going to build or establish trust that way. I'm going to add this in too, because this is, I've been able to hear you on the phone with customers and carriers both in the past, but this week in the, for example, yesterday, hearing you trying to cover a bunch of stuff you got coming up, just the way that you make the conversation enjoyable for your customers. And I think they'd rather be on the phone with you than anybody else, even if your rates might've been a little bit higher than somebody else. They trust you, first of all, to get the job done properly, but you're an enjoyable person to, you know, to have the conversation with regardless. Well, I appreciate that, Nate. And uh, I, you know, <laughs> I think that goes a long way in life too, but really it, it is, it's, it's going back to, you know, your customer service. They don't want to hear a kid um, reading know, off a script, reading off a script, uh, you know, that some of these larger corporate brokerages, uh, their model, uh, mind you, might have, it really takes some, somewhat of um, experience, really. Well, so, it does, and it's like you like the people you work with, right? Like, I mean, if you, if, and I, it's funny, I, I'm trying to get a couple of shippers on to, to interview about exactly this to get their perspective. But the ones I've talked to, not just my customers, they'll say like, they're brokers that they work with, like, they enjoy working with them, right? Like big surprise, the people you use most often are the people you actually enjoy talking to. Like it goes a long way. <laughs> go figure, right? It does go a long way. And here's a little advanced tip for all you new brokers out there. <laughs> it's very easy to get customers. You don't have to cold call and use a script. All you have to do is do the domino effect. Would you agree, Ben? We're talking about BOL prospecting. No, I'm talking about there's an origin and then there's a destination. Yeah, we call that BOL prospect. Well, I don't know the, the lingo you use, but yes. That's a great way to go on. Keep walking yeah, through. So you have a customer. You have a customer and you're moving a load of two and seven, eight steel tubing from Oklahoma City up to right Wyoming to a location where they're going to pump some oil. Oh, wow. mm -hmm. And you want to get, uh, you know, we want to find out who's maybe needing some more pipe shipped up there besides your customer in Oklahoma. You find out who the contact is and you build that relationship. And then you start moving freight for them. Before you know it, you have five customers out of two loads. And I want to, what I want to add to that too is 
in our in our episode with Kevin Hill, where we talked about having a niche. You kind of organically build your own niche around that market. So, like, you, you have a lot of your a lot of your freight is very similar. It's kind of in the same, uh, I guess, commodity types, and it's the same kind of a niche. And it's according to the marketplace. You don't move. You don't move a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little. You know, you have a, an area that you are really, really good at. And I think that that's another thing that I've seen that folks that succeed they become really, really good in one area instead of just modest across the board. That's a good point, Nate. And what I learned when 2008, uh, see, when was the recession? Yeah. Yep. When, when, when everything crashed, you know, uh, my cookies were in the oil and gas industry. I was moving a lot of oil filled pipe, buddy. Ooh. And I realized that I wasn't moving any freight because nobody was moving pipe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So diversify. Diversify your book is a very um Yeah, so uh, we were talking about this at lunch with Kevin Pierce, the owner of Pierce Worldwide, yesterday. And um, he said, I would rather have 10 small customers than two customers where one is a big well. Because if you, I mean, you lose that one, that's going to really, really sting. And Will, I think there's another point that you brought up to me that, when you do build a good book, you should be, I don't, for lack of a better term, firing about 20% of your that, customers every well, year. Absolutely. And the same thing with prospecting. Like when you're going through prospecting, you should be as excited to disqualify and realize that you're not going to waste your time with that lead anymore, which should be, by the way, somewhere between eight and 12 conversations, not one, unless they point blank tell you they're shipping three full truckloads a week. But if you are having those conversations, you should be getting rid of the people you don't. And as your business grows, you should be realizing the carriers, I mean, the customers you're shipping with it, you know, take a lot of time and are skinny on the margins. Maybe you give those to some of your new trainees or you just kind of start moving on from them. Yep. Cut the Very cord. good point. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But so to your other thing, and I wanted to go a little further in this, you had said, you know, how his niches kind of came organically. Well, the same thing even happens with larger carriers, right? And even if you hear, there was an interview with one of the large carriers, the CEO on Cassandra's show a couple months ago, and they said, do, well, somebody asked, do you go after every lane that's offered to you? And they went, no, that's probably the biggest misconception of even the largest carriers. They're like, we have our network. We have our lanes that we are efficient in. We have our areas where we have a lot of drivers, where we have a lot of shippers already. We build on that. We don't look to acquire lanes that are four or five states away from our core business. We will turn down sometimes more than we'll accept and on, on a regular basis. Because just like you said, you stay with what you're good at and you build on it. Because even within the carrier base, right? If you're shipping pipe, whatever, from Houston to Odessa, it is so much easier for me to pick up another Houston steel pipe customer because I've got a carrier base that can service all of my customers now. I don't need to reestablish another carrier base every time I pick up a customer. Good point. And uh, and a lot of brokers, and this is a point that was made by Kevin today, um, was you know your carrier network. And and I think McLeod was really, tr- I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we already said McLeod. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking, you know, snack about him. They were trying to rebuttal with Kevin, which I don't think anybody can rebuttal with Kevin Pierce. I really don't. <laughs> um, my point being is, guys, uh, your carrier network right now is a little different the past two years. Would you agree, Ben? Absolutely. 
than it was 10 years ago, uh, or maybe, you know, a few, yeah, 10 years ago. Um, you want to keep the A plus, you want to vet the right carriers because there's a lot of, uh, either, either newbies out there. Um, there's more risk in the newer people entering the market. Liability. They've not been in the industry long enough. They haven't really been vetted. A lot of them are not going to be in business a year from now. And if you're not cognizant of that a decade ago, most of the carriers had been in that business. The average age yeah. of a driver was yeah, like 58. Yeah. And that's changed. And now, I mean, Here's what I've seen lately, and it, it comes out of a certain part of, part of California. There's a lot of new authorities popping up, a lot of lads out there. I want more money. Give it to me now. <laughs> um, sir, this load pays $2,500. Give me 4000 Send the rates, Con. I'll pick a load up. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> Vlad. That's honestly not that far from the truth, though. It's the truth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. I think that that's a big part of it. And we've, we've hit this home so many times is that as a broker, you're not just, you're not just taking care of your shippers. You're also taking care of your carrier network. You have to, you have to yep. take care of your carriers, especially now. And um, thanks for saying that. If you don't mind, Ben, I'm going to jump in on that. Um, there's, you know, different lanes and in, in different markets um, that we obviously know as, 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 a, as you grow your career as a broker, um, you know, but you want to take care of those carriers at the same time. Another customer service attribute with your customers is volume over large margin. Would mm-hmm. you guys agree? Yeah. I mean, Little I, margin. I, I, so here's my opinion on margin. I think when you provide good service, the margin will follow it regardless. Exactly. But yes, volume with carrier. I mean, we talked about it earlier today. The carrier utilization is probably one of the, the most underlooked at metrics for a freight brokerage. And I mean, the higher you get that number, the better it is overall. You spend less time trying to source new carriers. If you know, hey, in this lane, I know I've got these handful of carriers right here that- And that goes back to vetting. Yeah. yeah. And I want to go back to what you just said there, Nate. As you provide good service, margin should follow. And I want to talk a little bit about what that really means, right? Because think about it from the other person's point of view. Why is that, right? Because I hear newer brokers say, I provide great service. I'm giving them updates all the time, but they don't want to give me this margin yet. And I'm like, well, how long have you been working with them? Yeah. And I'll hear two weeks, three weeks. And I'm like, okay, so put yourself in this other person's point of view. Yep. Why are you willing to pay a higher margin for better service? Well, then the question is always answered. Well, they, because they start to trust you and they start to believe in what you're saying. Okay. And they're That's not going to pay you more. They're going to, they're not going to start making you bid against five other people either. It's just, right. Hey, you're my go-to guy or gal. What's my rate for this, uh, for these lanes this week. And they're then, not, not and then you can put your, your, you know, your proper healthy margin in where there. It's worth your time. Exactly. Absolutely. Your ethical is what, you know, and what you had said earlier, that's where ethical margins come in. Once you've established enough trust that the risk for the shipper is lower. They're like, look, I give my loads to this broker. I know they'll get covered. I know my loads will get delivered. And if and when something does go wrong, they let me know with enough time to get it solved. That's great service. They will then start saying, hey, you let me know what you need for this. Now you're giving them a reasonable margin for the amount of time it takes you. And that's like the holy grail. That's where everybody's working to get with their customers. Absolutely. 100%. Exactly. Good point. But it takes time. Even if you're killing it and you never drop a load and you service the hell out of them, it's going to take a two, three months 
I mean, it takes time for them to build these relationships. It, does. it takes time to build a relationship with a customer. You're right. Sorry to cut you off, but you're, you're so on point right there. That's every attribute a good, successful broker should have is exactly what Ben just stated. And, and the follow-ups and the communication. And if something goes wrong, like you said, if it's good or bad, which in this business, guys, girls, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Murphy's Law. So there's a point I want to hit on, too. We kind of alluded to this at the beginning of the episode is proper training and then mentorship. So I talked about the situation. Um, like, so, for example, Pierce, we hired a new uh, a new broker. He worked in a different part of the industry, and um, he's going to work on some of the accounts that you know, we've had for decades. And he's going to, he's going to be very, very. And I, you know, when I met him this week, I said, uh, Oh, you're new. And you know, he's, he's, I introduced him to the podcast for some free information and all that. But I said, if you want to really learn how to broker and pick up good habits, I said, just listen to Will while he's in the office this week and pick up the things that you like about what he says. And maybe if you have your own spin, because your personality is different, you know, you know, consider that as well. But there's, there's no, there's no limit to the amount of value you can get from listening to somebody else that's already succeeding at. Like we made the joke earlier, yeah. some companies, the way that they train their brokers, it's, it's so bad. They're like, uh, hi, uh, wait, do, do I have the drugs or do you have the wait, drugs? Hi, my name <laughs> is Joe Johnson. I work at ABC Corporation. I understand you're on the need for truck. Wait, wait a minute. Do I? Do I have the trucks or do you have the trucks? Hang on, I'll call you back. That's kind of the way, you know, these guys are being taught. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big fan. I don't mean to cut you off. I'll let you take it back. I'm a big fan of spending um, a good amount of time when you're new, just shadowing as many people as you can to pick up any of their good habits and maybe disqualify some of their bad habits that you might see or whatever and create your own (laughs) method of doing it. But I also think that you should never stop that. That's why... Ben, you and I have always said you never want to be the smartest guy in the room, right? If you're not, if you can't take away some kind of knowledge from people around you, you're around the wrong, you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong room. If you're the, the smartest room. guy in the room, find another room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about that. Well, I mean, how- I'll never be the smartest guy in any room, but I can <laughs> tell you one thing. Uh, this guy right here, these two guys, Ben and Nate, thank you again for having me. Um, they are the, probably the most experienced and, 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 most uh, inspirational in the, in the field that we're talking about in the industry of, of brokering freight. Um, Nate made a good point just a second ago. I was covering, uh, well, a customer had tendered out to two or three different brokers, not tendered, I'm sorry, but a rate request um, to move a couple of cat generator sets. Uh, you know, and most people would take advantage of the fact that they could take those generators and put them on two trucks, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I went to Nate, even though I kind of already knew, but even if you're just experienced or successful, you think you're the best of the best, you always want a second perspective. Am I right? Yeah. Trust, but verify, right? I mean, have someone just give it a second look over. So we, uh, we, we ran the dims on that. Yep. Like this, I said, we could put it on one RGN. On, yeah, it's on one RGN. It'll fit right in the well. And, Save and, your customers some money. And I'm moving that I'm moving that load tomorrow. It's it's going to be a good winner. A winner is a, you know, the margins, what I call it. But uh, it's it's little things of that nature that you learn over the years, you know, experience. So so you guys are right, listening to, I guess I'm an experienced uh, broker. But you are. <laughs> You're a veteran. So I think that's it. it ne- never stop trying to learn. Like, for example, 
you coming in town, meeting the owner of the company who's been doing this for four decades, right? Yeah. You can you can learn from him. And you I think that's one of the things when it comes to the agent model, because not everyone's an agent, but if you are an, a freight agent, make sure the company that you're with has some sort of backbone. Yeah, they've got a, an outlet for you to ask for advice and perspective. And I think one of the, I, the way I've helped a lot of the folks in my time in the agent world is, I, you know, you can't just feel like you're alone on an island and have no one to ask for help, right? Right. You mean you, you got to have somebody in your corner, whether it's a you VP, know, agent, you know, you know support. You know, may, maybe it's the owner Seriously. of the company at a small, or maybe there's an agent development team or a um, agent support team or something that you can say, hey, I'm a, this is what I think about this. Can you guys give me your opinion on it? That way you're no longer on an island. And Ben, that's honestly one of the reasons that we created the group coaching is for folks that don't have that community around them. They they can do it. through. Absolutely. So one is we have a free option right now. It's the Freight Brokers and Carriers Network on Facebook, which will allow you to interact. And if you don't have that person, you can try to at least ask some of these questions. There's a, it's a really good group of people that are answering some of them. But as Nate pointed out, group coaching is really what we created for everybody that's working from home now. Everybody that wants the same type of environment, that wants to be able to learn from those that are doing it, their peers and mentors. That's why we design group coaching. There's also going to be a group that allows you to just ask and answer questions or even just hang out throughout the week on Facebook that'll be closed so that even in addition to that, you know, one hour a week, you'll get group coaching with Nate, I, or one of our other coaches that are handling it. You'll be able to interact with other freight brokers and other people in the industry throughout the week. Ben, I'd, I'd like to say, and Nate, thank you guys for having me again. And I want to say for all of you all listening, this uh, podcast alone and what they have set up is what it'll take to be successful at being a freight broker. If you want to, if you want to make money, you got to work as hard as you want. You can you can listen to this podcast, and um, and you're going to be successful. Is what I'm trying to say. No, thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I got to say, side note, I think you talk about two octaves lower than me. Well, you know, <laughs> I am on the side a uh, musician, you know. Yeah, actually, you do uh, you do play good guitar there. Speaking of guitars, mine got snapped on the airplane. Thank you, Southwest. I Still trying to work that out. But uh, hey, we got some Q&A to wrap up the episode here. And I, I would love your feedback on some of these questions if it makes <coughs> sense to. But first, I want to mention our, our friends and our sponsors over at Lean Solutions Group. There's a, a link in the show notes for Lean. It's leangroup.com. Trey Griggs, our good buddy over there who's been on the show a handful of times, um, does a great job helping you explore their uh, their solutions that they offer, whether it's for uh, technical help or marketing assistance, staffing, sales. They can do just about anything. Like I've said, Ben, they're doing our website right now and it, it looks really, really, really awesome. I'm super excited to have it, but check them out. They, they run the nearshore model. So if you're looking to grow your brokerage and you need, you need some operation seats, maybe some back office seats to handle accounting or some other data entry tasks, or maybe you need some account managers, something like that. Check them out, leangroup.com. All right. Three questions here. What do you get? This one, this first one I love because <laughs> when I asked it yesterday, um, I got a mixed level or a mixed response from a lot of people on how they do this. But the question was, why do brokers use multiple monitors and how many should I have? And, and we, <laughs> we talked about this in the office and everybody kind of does, they have a different way that they use it. Like, so I'm, here's what I'm going to say. 
I think if you have one, you're, you, need, you need to have more than that. Unless you have one massive monitor that can hold multiple windows on it. I personally use two. I know some that use three, but I'm a big fan of an email on one side. And then your other screen is going to be TMS or load boards or some combination of the two. Um, at bare minimum, at bare minimum, my go-to setup at first was two and your emails up all the time on one. And then your other one is your TMS and you flip through like occasionally I'd jump to Google. Cause I just liked it fast. I thought it was faster than like, um, uh, rate per mile. I forget which one. PC, PC miler. Yeah, I just always like Google. I was quicker with it, but that's basically what you're looking at all day. I started, I started out with MapQuest way back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, so here's what I even do. I got my two monitors and then I still, I have an iPad next to me with a keyboard that I use to send quick messages off to people. So sure. to be able to type, send a quick text message out. Um, that's me. Cause I think my phone, I'm slower with two thumbs than I am typing with my fingers. Well, I'm up to four now. I mean, one I have is a zoom meeting. Most, I have another laptop that I use to run rates. Mostly my emails up on one and a TMS wouldn't be up on the other. If that's what I was Would that be something to do with how successful you guys are. So and I mean that sincerely. I think, well, the more business you're doing, the, the busier you yeah. are, you need, you need that efficiency. You know, I, so I did get a lot of that too, is that when people work in remote, having one dedicated for zoom, and that yep. was interesting to me. That idea. I have a camera. I have a separate camera over that monitor. And it is just always, honestly, it's the one you guys are on right now. The one, yeah. I always have one that sits in front of me that's Zoom or Teams or wherever my, yep. wherever it is I'm working with throughout and, the day. May I ask, because that's a good point. Did that happen over the last two years, especially last year? That's, oh, yeah. 100%. I think yep. the pandemic is what led to a lot of this, uh, the virtual collaboration, right? Right. At Microsoft Teams. Zoom being basically pre-installed on every single computer now. Sure. People used to use Skype back in the day, and now it's like right. Zoom is like. Wait, they don't use Skype anymore. <laughs> it's still there, but uh, yeah. All right, good stuff. Next, well, I guess the answer is you got to have more than one. No, but the but more, the more, the better. If it makes, just don't have like twelve of them or something like no, that. Three screens on a, on a normal brokerage, I think, is a little asinine, a little outrate. Um, two screens, just like you guys said, and we'll leave it there. Email. Yeah. You got your load if you board. find a good reason for a third one, yeah, sure. Call in, folks. Let us know. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, next question. Um, I'm quoting a lot, but I'm not winning any loads. What should I do? Uh, Will, what would you do? So if you let's say you're a newer broker, you have a new customer, and you're bidding, you're you're quoting a lot. They're giving you a chance to give them prices, but you haven't won a single load. What would you do? I would have patience. Um and I would, I, would, I would continue to stay in contact, but not bug the customer. Um, I wish that was more in depth. Are they emailing? Or are they calling? I, they didn't say. I don't know. But that would be a way. Uh, I believe the best way to win a customer over is very simple. Pick up the phone. Call them up and just say, look, I'm just trying to keep your current carriers honest on their freight rates. They want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear just like we said, a manuscript. And that might solve that uh, problem you may have. If you're quoting a lot, they could be using you as a, you know, freight rate. Uh, They're trying to get rates. And then they'll to, use someone to, else. To use it against somebody else. But again, that goes back to building a customer and finding I, a customer. So my one thing I want to add is what I would do for this person is ask for some feedback. Yes. Well, you know, I've been, I've been quoting a lot. Ben, what do you think about it? So one, I think absolutely both of what you said were correct. You've got to continually be consistent and follow up. 
Absolutely. Two, you need to ask for feedback so that you know where you are in reference to whatever this is. And the third thing that I do is when I'm following back is I keep talking about the market. I'm like, look, this is where I'm at today. And even if I'm above it, I go to them and say, look, my job isn't right now. It's to provide you options. And right now, this is what it would cost to get you an option. How is this? And they'll be like, hey, you're well above what I'm paying. No problem. This is just what I'm finding in the market because you're going to get a different rate if you call out versus if you post up versus if you find a local truck. You need to work closer because the big thing that you said, Will, is how long have you been talking to them? Because you've been talking to them once or twice. They don't know you from Adam. And to be honest, they're just hoping you're going to give them cheaper rates. Why the hell not? You called them out of the blue. Hey, maybe it's my lucky day and they're going to give me some cheap trucks. You're not going to overpay the guy that called them out of the blue. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a great point. And that goes back to building the customer relations, you know, and it depends on the customer. Uh, uh, Nick made a good point. You can be in different industries, refer, you know, dry. You can be in uh, open deck. You can be moving equipment. You can be DOD. Whatever you're doing, you're going to have to have a relationship and it's going to have to be on the phone. And don't be scared to pick up the phone. Even if you are working at a brokerage, that has a manuscript or an independent agent. You have to have that self-motivation, that work ethic to pick up the phone, make that call. And if you don't, we've talked about this before, you might be in the wrong career field. Honestly, you might, you might be better off on the accounting team or doing something administrative for the, for the brokerage instead of trying to sell. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means that you you might be a better fit for something different. So, all right, here we go. Last question. Uh, This is about LTL. I'm a new broker. Is LTL a waste of time? And I'll answer this because <laughs> I worked in LTL for, for years. Uh, Will's over and I are nodding our heads. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you this, depending on, here's my approach. I'm a big fan of full truckload and then having an option to move or the capability to move LTL to take care of your customers when needed or the ability to do partials for them for that smaller sub that's not going to fill a full truck. I will tell you this, there are so many, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of technology out there now that allows customers to essentially book their own shipment through a big, like Global Trans has done a great job at this. So actually at, at Pierce, we don't have enough LTL volume to have direct tariffs with carriers. So we actually, we use Global Trans's system and our, a lot of our brokers, they'll just, they'll go on and they'll run a rate and they'll book it. But you they do have the ability to just, set their customer up with a built-in margin. The customer can go in and book their own stuff. So here's where I'll tell you the downside to LTL is. Um, they be in their smaller shipments. You're going to make, you might make a bigger percentage of margin on them, but it's a smaller dollar amount. And you could have a reway, you could have a rebill, you could have a, a the, the freight classification might've been wrong. Um, there's all kinds of things that could go wrong on it. And I'll tell you, when I worked for Conway Freight before XPO bought them out, Every single shipment on that reship facility dock floor would be picked up by a forklift, which had a Bluetooth scale attached to it that got sent right to the little handheld handheld scanner. So if your customer tells you that this shipment weighs 800 pounds and it gets picked up on a forklift and all of a sudden they weigh it at 840 pounds or whatever, now your customer is the rate that you gave to them is no longer good because your freight charge just went up from, you know, YRC or SIR 
whoever your XPO, whoever you're using. Is it Saya? I've always called them Saya. Okay. Yeah. S-A-I-A. Saya. So, but on the flip side, if you can, if that's your specialty and you're very good with NMFC codes and freight classes and you can educate your customers, hey, it's probably a good idea if you're, the weight of your shipment is not an even number like 800. Maybe if you wrote 831, they're not going to reweigh it. But some companies, no matter like, for example, Conway reweighed everything and there's weight inspections teams. They'll go around, they'll pick the random ones that look like, eh, is that really, um, you know, class 50, you know, whatever. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, so there's rest to it, but if you can get that process automated where you're just, you come in in the morning and you just somehow you move 10 loads, but before you even got into work, cause your customer went in and booked them themselves and you're making money on it. It could be good, but is it a waste of time? I would not start an LTL. I wouldn't start that there, but now uh, that brings a good point. And I'm sorry to cut you off, Bing, because I think you're about to, to talk. LTL in my day when I started, and I'm, I guess I am a dinosaur. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you literally had to find an LTL carrier and build that truck. Nowadays, you have these platforms, these different companies. Uh, what, Global Trans is the one I'm at. Yep. And you get, different quotes from all the what they'll give you all yeah i mean because they they have their they own literally they've have, built their ltl carrier own, network up is, is it their own tms yeah they have their own tms and you you literally just send them over your tender and it's done however i never entered ltl due to the fact of the liability how many cross docks there are who's handling the a lot thing. of claims lot and of damage tedious. os and d but it's touched a lot. That's don't, why. don't discount that because some people out there have a brain like, you know, that is built very organized. And the people that aren't fit to sell that don't find it and don't enjoy it are the people that are super analytical and really enjoy that. I only say that because like I went to school for the analytics and the people I went to school with. I loathed it once I started to do it, but my friends that are still doing it, oh, I could see them doing LTO all day. Yeah. And actually I have clients that make a lot and they do it in the way that you said, like Pierce, like they don't lead with it. They don't prospect LTL, but their customers that have an LTL need, they handle, they set them up. And one of the kids makes like an extra 10, 15 grand a month. He doesn't touch it, do anything with it. Just like you said, shows up. He's like, yeah, I booked another 10 grand this week. I'm like, oh, He's like, I don't do anything. It yeah. literally, they go into the system and it just gets delivered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a smart guy right there. That's a guy that's not asking, wait, do I have the trucks or do you have the trucks? <laughs> we have the trucks. I, I'm going to call you back on that. Uh, good stuff. Good conversation. Well, hey, Will Jones, awesome to have you on. Um, I want to thank you for yeah. having me, guys. It's been a great time. And uh, I think it's I think it's good to, to kind of tell, you know, we could have gone – on and on for an entire day talking about your story and what works and what doesn't work as a broker. But just to get a, a you, you handed out some free, free nuggets of knowledge yeah, to the listeners. So you, we appreciate it. Man. Uh, fresh brokers out there. It's pretty simple. You just pick up the phone, pick up the phone. That's it. Smile and dial, baby. Gotta Smile have, and gotta dial. Numbers. That's it. What are you guys up to in uh, Tennessee this evening? Anything fun this no, week, we the rest of the week? We still have to golf and we haven't figured out when that's going to be, but that's yeah, not tonight. We're going to, we'll see. I don't know. I think we're going to lay low tonight. Maybe watch yeah, a movie. This isn't normally this deep. Uh, we've been here for five days and we've seen the sights, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. All right. Any final thoughts, Ben? Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. 
And until next time, go Bills! Good episode. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all the other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes for links to any articles and content that we referenced on this episode. Visit us on the web at www.freight360.net. And if you'd like to learn more about a new home for your agency, contact me directly. And if you'd like to learn more about me coming out to run a free complimentary sales training for your team, check me out on LinkedIn or again at www.freight360.net.